All right, Pastor Steve. Amen. Good morning. I'm excited that we are in church. Praise the Lord forevermore. And welcome to church this morning. I'm glad to see your faces. I'm glad you were able to tune in. Amen. Um, over the past four weeks, I've been blessed uh, with the messages pouring out from this pulpit. We've had messages on a hunger for God and the voice of God. Please do listen to these messages on our podcast. And I believe that um, even if you've heard it before, just the hearing it over again will inspire and engineer faith in you. Amen. Uh, I've been blessed. Such a great message. All series of messages that have poured forth from the from our pulpits. Amen. Secondly, I also want to see all of you present at our midweek Bible study. So everybody who is in church today, I want to see all of you present at our midweek Bible study. The series on life skills has been nothing short but a blessing. Um, I believe strongly that a Christian should have a very practical working knowledge on life. Uh, sometimes many of us just become good Christians in church, and that's just it. And we are not able to um, have an impact which will transcend beyond church walls. And sometimes the reason why that happens is because we are not skilled. We don't have life skills. Uh, so this series on life skills that we have been touching on Wednesdays have been such a great blessing. There are many people who are good Christians, but they are bad employees. Horrible. You wouldn't want to employ them for a day. Horrible employees. Horrible husbands. Bad fathers. Yeah, they pray, speak in tongues. And sometimes it might even sound an anomaly because sometimes you are saying to yourself that shouldn't a Christian automatically be a good husband? Shouldn't a Christian automatically be a good employee? But sometimes that is not really the case. And sometimes it is, it is, it is that because we might not have the necessary or requisite skills that life demands for us to do well amen so we should we should we should come and we should attend these uh, uh teachings that have been going on on wednesdays concerning life skills so that we can experience a holistic and balanced growth in all areas we are we are not just spiritual beings uh, we are also spiritual beings having a human existence on earth and for us to be effective and to be relevant to the course of humanity. It needs to be that we need certain skills that will help us to make it in life. So that subjects like emotional intelligence that was touched last two weeks, um, subjects like time management, those are very necessary tools that will help us to do well in this life. You know, sometimes Christians, one of the things we believe in is in favor. Man, favor is in two parts. There is the favor of God but there's also favor with man. And Jesus grew up in both favors. 
in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, I believe, it says that he grew up in favor with God. That, that just comes from God. Favor with God happens when you're a Christian. Favor happens with God when you are serving him. You experience favor. But you also need that favor with man. And you should be able to do life well to experience favor with man. <laughs> Amen. So th those things are very important. Amen. So I, I, I hope um, th this Wednesday will be there because this Wednesday will be the last installment in our series on life skills. Amen. So if you've missed, do listen to the past two installments on emotional intelligence and time management. And then the last installment, uh, I believe that whoever will be preaching will do an amazing job to crown the series to an end. Amen. So don't miss this coming Wednesday. I expect to see all of you there. Uh, let's pray and get right into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning as we come before your holy word. We pray that your word will minister to us in simplicity and in clarity of speech, yet in the fullness and in the power of your spirit. May we be inspired by your word this morning. Uh, we thank you, O Lord, that your word will be made flesh amongst us in this very moment. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, please turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I'm going to read this in a very different translation. I normally preach from New King James Version, but I'm, I'm taking this particular scripture from a different version. Amen. Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Let's look at the message translation. The message. And it reads, God doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts, but bold and loving and sensible. I read, God doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts, but bold and loving and sensible. Amen. So my key operative word this morning is bold. That's what I want to emphasize on. So based on our reading, I'm preaching on what I've entitled boldness. Boldness. So in this message, we will look at what is boldness. We will want to understand the features of boldness and how to enhance this quality in our lives. Amen. So the first thing that I want us all to have a settled understanding in our minds is God wills that you are bold. God wills that you are bold. It is his will, especially when it comes to the area of using your gifts. We just read it right there. God doesn't want us to be shy about his gifts, but he wants us to be bold, loving, and sensible. So it is God's will that we are bold. It's the will of God. So today, if you want to know the will of God, I just gave you one of the many facets that comprise the will of God. 
The will of God is that you will be bold. It is his will. Amen. Can you believe that there are some gifted people who will not have a platform for the expression of their gifts because of shyness? So that's why it's the will of God that you are bold. And that is what I call the tyranny of timidity. Tyranny just means wickedness. It, timidity is wicked. Because you will not write a book because of that. There are many of you sitting here, potentially you might be an author, but your book will never come out because you lack boldness. Can you believe that you might not release that album because of timidity? And, and the Bible quotes to us what we just read this morning, that God doesn't want us to be shy when it comes to the, 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 the issue of us using our gifts and talents, but he wants us to be bold. God wants us to have a platform where our gifts and talents can fully have an expression. But there are some people, no matter how good you are, no matter how skilled you are, you will never get the opportunity to express yourself because of timidity. You might not even marry because of that. Not because people are not interested in you, not because you may not have potential sweetness, but because of the issue of timidity. You fumble at job interviews because of that. Even though you might have been the most qualified of all the candidates. I mean, when we look at your resume, you have the skills requisite for the job. You have the qualifications, but somewhere, somehow, when you sat in front of the the the, the interview in, interviewer, you 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 just froze, and you were not able to convince the interviewer that what I have on paper relates to me. You fumble, you fumble job interviews because of timidity. You keep missing that promotion at work because of that. Hey, I pray that may that shyness, may it break in the name of Jesus. It's not something to boast about. It's not a quality to boast about. It's not a quality to boast about. There are some of you, you will not start your business because of that, because of timidity. You know, everybody will do nine to five. And not everybody will be an entrepreneur. But some, that's the operative. And maybe you might be among the very select few who God has earmarked to move out of that 9 to 5 comfort zone and start. But you will never start your business because of shyness and timidity. You will not embrace the call of God on your life. There are so many people. How many stories have I even heard personally? that people have not responded to the call of God because of shyness or timidity or because they are looking at what happened to somebody and they have drawn conclusions that that same thing could happen to me. It, it's a fear. It, it cripples them that they will not be able to use their gifts. You won't even network because of that. So timidity is a tyrant. And like I said, we should not boast in that as a quality. If you see traces of that in your life, it is wicked. 
because it has come to stop you from living a full life and maximizing any potential and any gifting that God has for you. So it's God's will that you are bold. Some of you are blowing chances and you are missing it in life, not because of generational curses. No, it has nothing to do with generational curses. And I'm a spiritual man. I'm a pastor in addition. I believe in generational curses. But the reason why you are at a standstill in your life is not because of generational curses. Oh, no. You are a believer. You have been expunged out of every generational curse in the name of Jesus. It is broken in the name of Jesus. So that may not be your portion. Some of you are not making it in life, not because you are jinxed. Some people believe they are jinxed. You are not jinxed. But the reason why you might be struggling, the reason why you may be blowing chances, the reason why you might not be living a fulfilled life is because you lack boldness. And therefore, I pray in the name of Jesus that after the end of this message, may you attack tyranny with all your might. See, 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 sorry, may you attack timidity with all your might. See timidity as a tyrant. See timidity in the same class as demons and attack it from the, from the roots. Because from today, decide that I am never going to be timid again. I am never going to allow shyness to engulf me to the point that I am not able to fully express myself and even flow in the liberty of the spirit. Some of you can't even flow in the liberty of the spirit because of timidity. It has become like a blanket around you. But today, shake off yourself and declare that I am going to be bold in the name of Jesus. Now, the second thing that I want us to know is that this boldness that I'm preaching on is God-given. It's a gift. Now, for you to understand that, let's read the same verse in a different version. So this time, I'm going to my, my, my version I normally preach with, where is the New King James Version. So look with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 again. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. The word power there is the same as boldness. Of love and of a sound mind. So one of the many gifts God has given, which speaks to his gratuitousness, is boldness. So thanks be to God. That when we receive Christ, we do not just receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given to us, who has become the earnest of our, our, our salvation, the earnest of our redemption. We, 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 we do not just receive the gift of righteousness. Thanks be to God for that. When we receive the gift of righteousness, we don't feel condemned. We don't feel guilty. We don't feel ashamed. We have that sense of boldness to come into the presence of the Lord. So thanks be to God for that. Thanks be to God that he has justified us. That is a gift. So God has given us a lot of gifts, a lot of blessings that is associated with the born again experience. But today I want you to understand one of the gifts that God has given to 
Every believer is boldness. It's part of the package. Every believer has been gifted boldness. And we read it right here. God has not given us. He's not given us, which is referring to believers. It's not referring to the whole world, but it's referring to believers. The us here is those of us who have received Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, who have allowed ourselves to be washed by the blood of Christ. The Bible lets us know that us, we haven't received the spirit of fear. We've not received the spirit of timidity, but we have received power, which is boldness. It's a gift. It's a gift. But most times, we need a power in our lives to call us to remembrance that deposit. So if you read this scripture, the background of this scripture, the source of boldness is not Paul. The source of boldness, Paul alludes it to God. All that Paul is doing is that he is calling Timothy to remembrance that God has given you this deposit. And because this deposit has been entrusted in your spirit as a result of you receiving Christ as a Lord and personal Savior, you don't need to walk timid. You don't need to be afraid. Shake yourself off the spirit of fear. Shake yourself off every timidity in the name of Jesus. Because if you are timid, if you are shy, if you are fearful, it is not of God. God doesn't give us the spirit of fear. And I know you will be talking about the fear of God. And when we are talking about the fear of God, the fear of God is talking more of reverence. It's not talking about timidity. It's not talking about phobias. It's not talking about being afraid to the point that uh, uh, everything around you becomes like a nightmare where you can't even seem to even enjoy the good pleasures of life. That's not what I'm talking about. So the fear of God is different from terrifying fear or fears that have to do with phobia. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. So if you are fearful, if you are timid this morning, it is not of God. And especially in the New Testament, we know there are two sources. Two streams. The gift might either come from God or the devil. So if God has not given us the spirit of fear, the question is, who has given us that spirit? And I hereby answer to you, it is the devil. Every believer has received the gift of boldness and we have to awaken that. And if you look at the scripture I just read, it pains to us a father in ministry who was encouraging a son in ministry. And the, the, the characters in question here are Timothy and Paul. Timothy was like a father to, to um, um, Timothy. And he was encouraging him that he shouldn't allow his gifts to go dormant. And legend has it that Timothy, Timothy was naturally a timid person. And therefore, for that timidity to shake off, Paul was reminding him that God has gifted you 
the spirit of boldness to deal with the spirit of fear. Therefore, rise and walk up in boldness. Amen. So, in, in, to, to sum this up, the first two points to note are it is the will of God that we are bold and we walk in boldness. And then number two, boldness is a gift of God. So now, with that understanding, let's now look at what is boldness. Go with me to Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. Now, this is a very interesting story. Most of us would have heard of Moses. Moses, a great leader. Moses, a prophet. Moses that did so much in the life of humanity. One of the greatest leaders the earth has ever raised. This Moses dies. I wish I'm not the assistant. Because that is a very fearful thing to walk in the shoes of Moses. You can't feel those shoes. Someone who walks with God face to face. Check your Bible. From Exodus to Deuteronomy. Almost every chapter, it, it starts with, and the Lord spoke to Moses, and the Lord spoke to Moses, and the Lord spoke to Moses, verse 1. Moses was speaking to God on a regular basis. No, there's a man who could part the Red Sea. The leader that you are about to place, we couldn't even find his body. His body couldn't be found. But you just imagine, he's, he's, not, he's not normal. This is the leader you are going to place, replace. It was a very frightful thing. And now, Israel, they were going to a place where they have never been before. They were going to a place where they will have a sovereignty of their own, where they will have a place they can call their own. It's a very fearful thing. But for that to happen, they will have to go through Jericho. And the best person who would have been able to take them there was Moses. But now there is a problem. Moses is dead. How are we going to get there? The man who could part the Red Sea through the Spirit of God. The man who could throw his rod down and he could turn to snake the great prophet of God, Moses, the one who was a priest, the one who could uh, touch the rock with his rod and then water will gush out of it, this Moses is dead. Who is going to step in the shoes? I, I tell you, if I was an assistant during that time, fear would have paralyzed me from head to toe. No way. I'm not, I'm not going to step in that shoe. But someone had to take up the mantle. 
of such a heavy leader. It is through Moses that the first five books came. Genesis to Deuteronomy was possible because of Moses. Moses knew the scriptures. Moses knew God. He didn't just know God. He knew the ways of God. It's a deeper one. He's a legend. He's dead. But now the Lord speaks to Joshua. And I want us to take solace from this scripture this morning. No man shall be able to stand before you. Verse 5. God is speaking to Joshua. It is scary. It is a daunting task. It seems like an adventure. But Joshua, I am speaking to you. And I base my word upon my word. You see, God doesn't have to swear on anything. He, his word is good enough that he can base his word on his word. I base my word on my word because I am God. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Oh, thanks be to God for such an encouragement. This is encouraging. Because we are going to Canaan. Where is our promised land? Where it's a land flowing with milk and honey. But before we go to Canaan, we have to go through this impossible barrier called Jericho. And the Lord is saying that no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And then he said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Because of this, verse 6, be strong and of good courage. For this people unto them, you shall divide their inheritance, the land which I swore to give to their fathers. You will divide the inheritance of the, of the land that I will give to you and you will give it to them. And then they will know faithful is God. So God had already given Joshua the keys. I'm going to win this war. You are going to receive a land where out of it you will be able to form your own sovereignty as a people. It's strange, it's unprecedented, but it is possible. It's going to happen. My presence is with you. And because of that, be strong and be of good courage. Now, that statement there speaks to us of boldness. So for us to understand boldness, there are four things I want to give to you, just four words. One, daring. Two, courageous. Three, brave. And four, confidence. So be strong and be of good courage. 
speaks to us of oldness. The Lord was telling Joshua, what you are about to embark on is something that is going to set legacy. You need to be bold. Strength and courage needs to come. But the Lord told Joshua that for that to happen, you have to understand that I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. When we attempt to do things without the presence of God, we will be cowards. Therefore, we have to understand the presence of God as the factor for our boldness. Uh, we are talking about boldness. We are talking about daring. God wants us to come to a place where we will dare impossible things. That's boldness. Daring means I am trying something new that has never been done before. Today, I'm asking you this question. I'm putting it to you. Are you prepared to try something new? Something you've never done before. Something that is not part of your routine. It's called you are being daring. The Israelites have never come this way. And for them to come to this way, they would have needed Moses. And Moses is dead. They've never come this way. So the Israelites, for them, their fear is double. Because now, the leader that they trust is dead. Then number two, they have never come this way. They are used to being in the wilderness. They stayed there for 40 years. Now, God is shifting them out of their comfort zone of the wilderness for them to go to a place of their own. But for that to happen, they will need to conquer certain giants on the way. It's fearful. Is daring. You are trying something new that has never been done before. You are breaking out of routine. That is boldness. The second thing is courageous. And to be courageous, it stems from within. It means that you have a strong spirit. That is boldness. Having a strong spirit. Coming to a place whereby you have a stiff spine to be able to face the challenges and weather the storms of life. In this life that you and I are living in, you need courage. You need to have a strong spirit. Things shouldn't easily break you apart into pieces. Because that's boldness. Having a strong spirit. It, it means that when I fall, I will bounce back again. Courageous. You have a strong spirit. People who have a strong spirit, they, they have the bounce back grace. When they fall, they bounce right back up. A typical example is Joseph. No matter what he went through, it never stopped his destiny. The dream that he had, he had to go through the pits. 
He had to go through uh, Potiphar's house to be thrown in jail, but he still became the prime minister. That dream that he had, that, that the, my, my brother's sheaves were buying down to my sheaves, it still became a reality because Joseph had a strong spirit. And ladies and gentlemen, having the presence of God fosters in us a strong spirit to be able to weather the storms. And why do we need to have a strong spirit? Because it, it, it says to us that I am prepared to face any challenge. I'm prepared to go through anything, through hell or high water, to experience what God has said concerning my life. It demands courage. And, and you will think this story ends there. But when you read Joshua chapters 2 to the end of, 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 of the book of Joshua, you will see the various battles, the various challenges that the Israelites under the leadership of Joshua had to go through. But it never shook Joshua. Why? Because he had a courageous spirit, which has to deal with a strong spirit. It talks about boldness. The third definition is brave. He's brave. That means he doesn't shake away from responsibilities. You do what is called the hard rights than the easy rights. That's, that's brave. You don't shake away from your responsibilities. Whatever that you are entrusted with, to be able to pick up those responsibilities and do, it requires braveness. You have to be brave. And then the last thing is confidence. Confidence means you believe in your abilities that God has given to you to stand out unique. That's confidence. And that's boldness. And ladies and gentlemen, for us to be able to do exploits for God, we need to be called to remembrance, especially if we are Christians, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of power or boldness so that we will be able to do that God has entrusted into our hands. Amen. Now, the features of boldness. And for us to understand the features of boldness, we have to understand what boldness is not. Boldness is not rude. So when you are talking about boldness, you are not talking about rudeness. There are some people who will say things like, I'm bold, but they are rude. Boldness is not disrespect. Boldness is not crass. It doesn't mean that you say anything. No, nah, that's not boldness. Amen. That's not boldness. That's not boldness. So, in a nutshell, what is boldness? Boldness means I'm prepared to do what God has called me to do. That's boldness. That's the feature of boldness. I'm prepared to do what God has called me to do. It requires boldness. Obedience. 
the, the hallmark of boldness is obedience. So that's the feature of obedience. Any Christian that you see living a life of obedience is living a bold life. So when you are bold, you might be respectful, you might be gentle, you might be meek. And, and, and boldness is not bravado. It's different. It's different from the world's definition of boldness. A feature of a bold Christian is an obedient Christian. Look at Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. He had to leave his country, his father's house, his family. It required these four things. He had to be daring. He had to be courageous. He had to be brave. And he had to be confident. Otherwise, he wouldn't leave. And the, the, the natural of it all was that he was obedient. So a feature of a bold Christian is a Christian who is prepared to obey God, no matter the cost. You obey God when God tells you to go this way that you've never gone before. You will be. You obey when you size up your strength, your abilities to the task that God has given to you, you will be. So a feature of a bold Christian is an obedient Christian. I want to bring my message to a close. How do we enhance this quality of boldness? Two things. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 1. The Bible lets us know the righteous are as bold as a lion. So the first way by which we can enhance this quality of boldness that has been deposited in our spirit as a gift is to understand the gift of righteousness. And to understand the gift of righteousness means you have to understand the teaching on righteousness. If you don't understand it, you can't enhance this boldness to come alive. Amen. So that is very important. Understanding the doctrine of righteousness. If we understand the doctrine of righteousness and understand how righteousness has become a gift to us, we'll become bold. The second thing that I want to talk about is in 2 Timothy 1.7. Look at the relationship Timothy had with Paul. It's engineered boldness. And then he suddenly became the bishop of the church of Ephesus. What am I trying to say? If you want to be bold, watch your associations. Please watch who becomes your mentor. Watch who has your ears. Watch who has your heart. Watch your friends. For some of you, you will continue to be timid until you change that cycle of friends. You need to find friends who will speak life into you 
instead of death into you. Joshua, uh, uh, Job, I'm sorry. One of the reasons why he was in so much pain was because of his friends. They made him feel inferior. They made him feel like you are in a, an unfortunate situation because you are a bad man. You have sinned. They spoke death to his death situation. And if you will want to be a person of boldness, irrespective of God depositing that gift of boldness into you, you need to enhance it with right associations. People who speak into your life that they will command that boldness that God has deposited in your spirit to come alive. So watch out for your associations. Watch out for your associations. Watch out for your associations. For some of you, you don't need prayer. God has given you boldness. You just need to cut off certain relationships from today. There are some people, by the time you finish, they will make you look small like that mini-me. You need to let them go. There are some people, when you follow them, their gifts and callings that are in you are always going to be suppressed. You need to find good associations. And there I say, you need to find good pastors. You need to find pastors that will allow the gift of God to have full expression. If that doesn't happen, then you have to change your church. Because look at Timothy. He served under a potent and a vibrant man of God who encouraged him to do what God has called him to do. I pray in the name of Jesus that may we come to a place where we will continually live a life of boldness. I tell you, in this second half of this year, if you are going to make an impact, if you are going to experience the best of what God has for you, you need to understand boldness. Live a bold life for God. And living a bold life for God means that you will obey God no matter the cost. I pray that may we live fuller lives. May we live maximized lives. May every gift and every talent that God has given to us, may it have full expression because we are dedicated solely to living a life of boldness. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender to your call, your call to live bold, your commission to live a life of boldness, your commission to do away with timidity, to do away with fear. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this message. Thank you that the rest of this year will be the best of our lives because we are committed to living a life of boldness. We will obey you, Lord. That task that you've given to us, that seems impossible. It seems insurmountable. We will obey it, O oh Lord. We will walk in obedience, O oh Lord. Father, help us to decipher true boldness from, from disrespect, from rudeness, from crassness, 
Help us to differentiate from that. May we truly walk in the spirit of boldness, which is of Christ. Thank you, Lord. We surrender to your cause. We surrender to your call in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. About to you, Pastor Jessica.